Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, big week, draft week, which means the rumors are flying around what the Pelicans might do with the 10th pick. So as much as we might look at prospects this week, we've got to look at the larger picture around the team and what's happening, what might go down. But before we get to all of that, don't forget we have the live show coming up this Thursday, the Locked On NBA Live Draft Show with NBA Draft Guru Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales. They're going to be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. I'll be there whenever the Pelicans make a trade or make a selection. Follow the Locked On NBA YouTube page today and watch our live coverage beginning on July 29th at 6 p.m. Central. So there's a lot flying. We've seen just like a barrage of Pels news and things like that over the past 48 hours or so, and this is all, you know, in anticipation, of course, to Willie Green and his unveiling tomorrow. So that's going to be on the uh, Wednesday show, um, breaking down his press conference. But it's going to be a crazy week. If you're on Twitter, you're probably caught up with everything because it's kind of all flying. I'm a little overwhelmed by it at times and trying to make sense of what's going on. And that's kind of what we're going to do in today's show. So we're going to look at first coming from Jake Fisher, a Bleacher Report, the idea that the Pelicans are maybe looking to package Eric Bledsoe in the 10th pick for the Grizzlies 17th selection. Why are they trying to use an asset to dump Eric Bledsoe? What's this mean overall? How would some of this potentially work? Then we're going to go into, okay, that's got to be setting something else, right? What might those other things be? We'll break that down in the second segment. And then in the third segment, our good friend, who's been linked to the Pelicans probably every single year for what feels like his whole NBA career, Miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. I've got some stuff on you, uh, st- some stuff for you on him. So we'll get into all of that and probably other stuff too in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So let's start with Eric Bledsoe and the 10th pick for the Grizzlies 17th overall selection. So first and foremost, the Grizz want to move up. They also would like to potentially get back into the first round in the 20s or so, maybe uh, mid-teens, late-teens, and get back in and grab two guys from this draft. I think they like the depth here. They're a team that's got their main guy in John Morant. They have a couple of the other pieces they need. They just want to add depth to that team as they have been in the playoffs the past couple of years, want to continue to do that depth. We've seen, as we've broken down, you know, the Bucks, the Suns, the Hawks, all of that depth is really, really important in today's NBA. And I think the Memphis Grizzlies see a lot of solid role players, depth pieces in the first round. So they'd like to get back into the first round, I think, and try and get a guy. They also want to move up. And they have pieces in things that make it appealing. They're not going to do a ton to remake their roster, meaning they can absorb a bad contract if it fits. And this is a team that actually can take on Eric Bledsoe outright. There's a couple of different ways this trade could work. So from the Pels side, it's going to be Eric Bledsoe in 10, let's say. On the Grizzlies side, the 17th overall selection is absolutely going to be included in this one too. But then it can be done a number of different ways. 
they first and foremost need to renounce the cap hold or the the team option for Justice Winslow. It hasn't really worked out. He's had injuries kind of derail his NBA career. He's owed 12 or 13 million dollars next year. They decline that. They have about 20 million in cap space or so, meaning they can just absorb Eric Bledsoe outright. Maybe they also want to get off one of their smaller kind of worse contracts, maybe a Grayson Allen shooting kind of t- toughness if you want to call it that grit dirtiness however you kind of want to describe it with him it's a guy that they could conceivably get on the cheap and this is a guy that for his career in the NBA in three seasons is shooting 38 percent he shot 39 percent last season on five and a half attempts per game comes off the bench he can start you know as much as I don't like the dude and that's just you know kind of kind of true here it makes some sense, right? There's also Tyus Jones, their backup point guard, a guy that uh, was drafted by David Griffin, maybe a guy that, that he's still high on. It's kind of been a bit of a journeyman sort of in his NBA career, never really done a whole lot, but it's backup depth. You could take his salary on in this trade too. But it all centers around them basically declining the team option for Justice Winslow, allowing them to potentially absorb Eric Bledsoe outright. So on the surface of this, like I, I don't love it, right? You don't want to dump an asset for Eric Bledsoe and move back seven picks. Basically, what it means is you're moving back seven picks in the draft to dump Eric Bledsoe. You know, given that you just traded for him, you used assets to kind of bring him in, in a sense, in the Drew Holiday trade. Like it doesn't make you feel good about that. But this is all, all part of the larger plan, and it's a way that the Pelicans can kind of free up some more money, and they can get a good bit. Functionally, they can get up to, if they do this without bringing anyone back, right around $36 million in cap space by dumping Eric Bledsoe's contract next season, which is over $18 million. By dropping from 10 to 17, so sliding back 10 picks in the draft, they clear up another $1.3 million. The, the way the NBA draft works is those guys are kind of slotted in on a scale and you can give them up to 120% of that scale. And that's kind of what they use as the cap hold to basically say, hey, you're going to need to pay this guy some money. We're out of your salary cap. We're going to take this amount. The difference between the 10th and the 17th pick is $1.3 million, So it frees up some space there. And since we've talked about how there's a lot of similarities, say, from guys pick 10 to 20, somewhere in that range. Maybe you still get your guy. Corey Kispert easily might be there at 17. Or you get a guy like Chris Duarte out of Florida, another functional shooter that can step in and immediately hit some shots. If you can get still get your guy while saving some money, you know what? That's that's kind of a win-win for New Orleans. They, they ship out Eric Bledsoe and they save money on the draft pick while, while still getting a person they want. It's not a bad trade on the surface of that. But still, 10 is better than 17. You know, there's an opportunity cost associated with it too. You can potentially still take your guy at 10 and not care if it's the right spot for him or not, or if it's too high, if it's someone that you've identified. There's something to be said for making sure you get your guy and not having one of those other six picks in the meantime kind of snipe you and take them away. So there's some risk in this, but I don't think the Pelicans are doing this with someone in mind. They're doing this to clear that cap space and have more flexibility going forward. So then, if this trade ends up happening, and I I would imagine this would happen right at 10, kind of looking at what the draft board would be at the time, if the Pelicans feel that they can get a guy they like in seven picks from then, 
they might pull the trigger on this if this is something Memphis still wants to do. If they're looking at this and being like, wait, wait a second, a guy has fallen somehow at 10, we can get a real stud of a player that shouldn't be there. They might keep it and just kind of take what was given to them and guys who have fallen. And look, after the first four, the draft gets interesting. What the Magic do at five um, or the Thunder do, what the Magic do at five gets really weird. And that's where this can get a lot of fun. And that's where we're really going to find out that, you know, when the draft starts. So I wouldn't expect this deal to get done until draft night kind of in the moment, depending on how things have shaken out in the first round. So say they clear up to $36 million in cap space. What then? So let's take a look at that coming up here next in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You got all the options with Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. And did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're they know which ones they like the best. I love the mint brownie. I love all of the special flavors, the limited time flavors. They send me text alerts about them. I go to built.com and I buy these things. I love the trail puff bar. Please, please, please buy the coconut brownie chunk whenever that thing is out there. It's like basically just like a brownie. It's what it tastes like, except it's good and it's healthy for you. But they got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate cake. And the macros on these things are great. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams net carbs. They're all delicious. They're all tasty. And if you want to give them a try, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. Okay. So we're talking about how the Pelicans here are looking to make some trades to clear some cap space. This is one move leads to another. Now, you don't do this if you're David Griffin just to, to, just to get salary off the books, give yourself you know cap space for no reason. You're not going to use that cap space then to take on bad contracts and get other assets. So you're using that cap space for a purpose. You're not doing it just to be cheap, right? And save ownership some money too that look bad for Zion. So if you're doing this, you got something or someone in mind, right? That's the way this kind of reads to me. If a deal gets done, you know, he's clearly tamp- tampered before like there's there's no denying this they came to an agreement within seconds uh, with JJ Redick in his first year here it was like one of the first deals announced at the start of free agency it's not like they just got together hammered that deal out I don't really care about tampering in terms of that sense I don't think it's a big deal so he might already kind of have the wheels moving on something if you're David Griffin and that's good the Pelicans need to add something to try and get back into the playoffs 36 million 36 million could get you in the running for Kyle Lowry that's what, uh, you know, could be what they're angling for. And you heard Woj talk about this saying 25 to 30 million a year for Kyle Lowry. It's going to be expensive to get him in free agency or a signing trade. And he's got a big market and a lot of suitors out there potentially. You know, maybe the heat have dried up, maybe the Sixers have dried up, but there's still maybe other teams where maybe those teams still want to kind of get in on the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. So you're going to need to overpay. To get him. Now, you can do that with that $36 million. That also means you're not bringing Lonzo Ball back. That also means you're not bringing Josh Hart back. You've got to be comfortable with that. You're also going to be then very, very limited with your options in free agency outside of that one big move. You can re-sign your own guys. Billy Hernan Gomez can come back. But after that, you're not really going to have money to spend to add another role player or something like that. So you're looking at coming away from a situation like this with Kyle Lowry and whoever you take at 17 being your two big additions this offseason. That enough to get you in the playoffs? 
Maybe, maybe not. There's other players, though, that you could do it. Say you bring money back in the Eric Bledsoe trade, Grayson Allen. So you have 17, Grayson Allen, and you still conceivably have somewhere between, depending on the player you bring back, 18 to $26 million, somewhere in that range. There's a lot of players that fit that. You can go get them in a trade because at that point you could just straight up absorb them. Their contract, if it's in that range, you don't need to send out a pick or anything like that. Malcolm Brogdon kind of fits in that. You have a couple of other players that could fit in that too. Buddy Heald would fit in that where you can trade a second round pick just to absorb him into cap space or first round pick, whatever it might be. It also then gives you flexibility to bring back potentially Lonzo Ball if that's the case, if that's the case as well. Or you can make this move, dump Eric Bledsoe, free up $18 million there, keep the cap hold for a guy like Lonzo Ball and have just $18 million to spend. So there's a this opens up so many doors and options for New Orleans for what they might want to do and the different directions that they want to go. But you only do this, you only do this if you really think there's someone you can go out there and get. Plus, then you still have a ton of picks, a ton of picks to try and make moves at the deadline and go after guys, you know, during the season to try and retool your roster and maybe trade one or two pieces plus some other picks that are already here for other guys. And so it gives the Pelicans a whole lot more flexibility, but I just don't think you do this without having someone kind of lined up or a couple of options lined up and any of those you'd be happy with. Otherwise, it's just... Being flexible to be flexible. Cap space doesn't win you by itself games. Cap space doesn't get you into the playoffs. It's nice to have, certainly, but you've got to do something with it. And that's what it seems like the Pelicans are potentially looking to do. But you could conceivably say, move Eric Bledsoe, add 17, let's say it's Chris Duarte, right? Shooter, guard that, add some depth, can play a little bit on the wing too, looks pretty good. I think he's going to be a good NBA shooter. You add him, you add a guy like Malcolm Brogdon and you bring a guy like Lonzo Ball back, your team looks a little bit better then, I think. And you still have some flexibility going into the offseason to maybe add a piece through one of the uh, MLEs, one of the mid-level exceptions. And then you also have the ability to tweak things more during the regular season leading up to the NBA trade deadline. So if you start to see moves happen like this, though, and more rumors about trades like this, it means it's going to be a, re- a really busy offseason here in New Orleans. Good for probably you as a fan if you want to follow along with it. Listens for the podcast, too, of course. Um, but it means that they're really serious about trying to contend and doing something and remaking this roster rather than hoping for improvement from these guys and trying to run it back uh, you know, somewhat in, in not really changing anything, because I, I do think that would be a bit of a disaster for New Orleans if that's the direction that they, you know, tried to look at and tried to go. So another name that we heard rumored in link to New Orleans is a guy who makes exactly $18 million the next two years. And that's Miles Turner, center from the Indiana Pacers. Let's talk about that one, because I got a couple of things, at least one thing that I do want to share with you all when it comes to him. So that's going to be coming up here next on Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. 
You know, it's the offseason, but that doesn't mean you can't bet on things. If you want to get in on the draft, make the draft a little bit more interesting, do you feel comfortable with Cade Cunningham going number one overall? Go make some money off of it. And if you just ever need a one-stop shop for all the latest news, odds, and any info you need basically on any sport, including the NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, and all your UFC MMA action, you can do it over at betonline.ag. So don't sit on your sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to make all of your sports knowledge working for you. Make some more money. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So we've talked about how if the Pelicans kind of go this route of dumping Eric Bledsoe, particularly into cap space, and look, you know, you, you get the, I do want to say this, you get the other side of it too, right? Like there's addition by subtraction that is very much a thing. In Eric Bledsoe's case, like that's a real freaking thing with how bad he was last year. But it also frees up more minutes for Nikhil, for Kyra Lewis Jr. Maybe if there's someone else you add, you know, not that Willie Green would be playing Eric Bledsoe a whole lot because I don't think he would follow the Stan Van Gundy route of like, I'm going to play the veterans that I trust and not listen to the front office tell me not to play those guys. Or at least you, you would hope that's the case um, or wouldn't be the case. So I think you will end up seeing you know, him gone, these young guys get more minutes, the people we want to see minutes go to, the people who should have been getting more minutes last year. So there you go. That's one of the reasons why you can do that too. But Miles Turner is a guy that fits into kind of the salary cap space that the Pelicans are clearing out. This is someone who's long been linked with New Orleans because the fit on the surface makes a lot of sense. This is a center that shoots threes. You want a big that spaces the court? Miles Turner is actually kind of the guy. He's not an amazing three-point shooter, but he's credible enough and the volume's decent enough for a center. He's also young. He kind of fits the timeline somewhat. He's 25. He'll be 26 at some point next season. He's been in the league for six years now. This will be his seventh year coming up. That kind of fits perfectly for what New Orleans is looking to do. And also, if you're Indiana, yeah, you probably want to dump him. Him and Sabonis don't really work together. And you've already heard Rick Carlisle talk about staggering their minutes. It's not ideal when you're paying a dude $18 million to do it. His numbers on the surface aren't always spectacular. Last season, he averaged in all starts in 47 games. He was hurt, kind of ended his season early. 12.6 points per game, 6.5 rebounds. He shot from three, 34%, 33.5%. He's a career 35% shooter from three. So it's not good. It's not bad. He's done it in the past two years on four plus attempts per game, four and then 4.4. And then last year, he was probably the early front runner through the first month of the season or so for defensive player of the year. He was blocking shots left and right. 3.4 per game last season. He averages for his career 2.2. You know, those blocks can be a good thing. They can also not really matter that much if you're just swatting the ball out of bounds, which is kind of tends to be how he blocks it. He's not, you know, an elite rebounder. That's been a bit of a problem at times for New Orleans. So it makes me nervous. When you look at his three-point shooting, he's got one year above 36%. That was a couple of years ago in 2018-2019 when he shot 38.8%. You know, he hasn't really come close to that since then. 
And so I don't particularly love him, but look, it's a big that spaces the court. Like, you know, if you want that, that, that makes some sense. You'd also then probably look to try and move Steven Adams. If that was the case, I would imagine there's maybe, maybe some takers. I don't really know um, when it comes to him. And I don't think there's going to be much of a trade market or teams really lining up to take him and give the Pelicans assets, but you could dump another asset to move on from Steven Adams too. You bring in miles Turner, you're starting front quarters, miles Turner and Zion Williamson. You've got Brandon Ingram there. you, have let's say Lonzo Ball in the backcourt and then, you know, mystery guard X. And that could be your team. Is that a playoff team though? Not, you know, in theory maybe, but it's going to depend, I guess, on Willie Green and some other things too. So some things to consider there. So here's what I wanted to drop for you all when it comes to Miles Turner. I can tell you, you know, straight up fact that David Griffin likes him. David Griffin definitely seems to have a thing for some centers, right? Um, Definitely likes Miles Turner. Does he like him enough to pay him $18 million per year? That I'm not sure, but he definitely really likes, you know, and has liked Miles Turner. So it's a name that I don't think, you know, while in the past it wasn't really a team that uh, the the uh, player that the Pels were really interested in, even if the fit made sense next to Anthony Davis, you know, I don't think that was true in the past that they were really looking to do it. I think that's probably the Pacers leaking things to try and drum up some interest in him. This time, I actually think there is some mutual interest there between the Indian Pacers wanting to send him here and David Griffin having interest. How much? Not the most. I wouldn't say it's like, oh, he covets this guy and has to have him. But you clearly see he has people in mind that he likes and wants to try and bring into the team. Steven Adams being one of them. That didn't wasn't a disaster, but didn't quite work out. Maybe does he try to get him with Miles Turner? I'm not sure. I don't know if you want to keep spending more and more assets to bring in centers. We'll see. But it's a guy he likes, so I wouldn't rule this out, and I wouldn't just kind of wave this away as, you know, smoke, because I do think, I can tell you, there's some fire to that entirely. So there we go. It's a lot of rumors out there. You can start to see what the Pelicans are trying to do. As we get a little bit closer to free agency, which is like also right around the corner from the draft, we'll talk more targets, things like that. If they end up making a move like this, we can look at some targets too. We can also just talk about those in general if we need to fill some time here on the show. Because look, there's shooters out there. Duncan Robinson is a name that comes to mind that they could look to try and bring in of the Miami Heat. A couple of other players too could really work if you wanted to help the Utah Jazz because they look like they maybe want to retool and get out of some of the money they have. They've got Bogdanovich there. That would make some sense. Maybe Joe Ingles too could potentially be on the move all of those guys would really fit I think with the New Orleans Pelicans so we're going to see where they go but it's going to be very much so a very busy week here we'll have it covered hopefully have a guest on or two potentially depends on timing of things talk a little bit more about the draft don't forget the live show and don't forget we have the ultimate mock draft that ran last week so give it a listen where we all made our picks kind of did a simulated mock draft with trades and everything it's a great way to get insight on what these teams are thinking from the local experts the people that cover the team on a daily basis so thank you all very much for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and we'll be back with you all tomorrow